Oh, my word. Let's go into this today. And how many people here want to learn from the Word of God? Nobody on this side. How about try this side? Anybody here want a word from the Lord? Man, I'm going to stay over here today because I'm going to be encouraged over on this side of the room. Over there, I don't know the people sleeping over there. Of course, they, how many people know that I ask questions a lot? And you all don't know even how to respond. Sure, raise my hand on this one. I don't know because, you know, <laughs> I called you up front. <laughs> I called out Eric because you raised your hand last when I asked that question to friendships. Thought we're like this. Mm-mm, not anymore. <laughs> Okay, so let's get into this today. And I don't know about you, but I want to hear from the word of the Lord. And I know when we do it together, we declare the God's word, something's going to happen. What faith comes by hearing, by hearing what? The word of God. So if you want some faith today, listen up. If you don't want faith, I don't know why you came. I don't know, but I come to church to get some faith. I say always to everybody, I go to church to get some Jesus because I need him. I don't have anything together. My wife can contest. That's why she's praying over me up there. Oh, Lord, he needs some help. I'm his helpmate. I'm going to help him, you know, because I need Jesus. That's as simple as it gets. And the more I know him, the more I know I need him. So you think you got it together. You don't know the Jesus I know. Because the more I know him, the more I need him. And I'll tell you what, I don't get enough of him because there's distractions in life. How many people know that things get in your way? Like my wife said last week, sometimes we are shaking hands to the devil. Oh, no, I would never. If you don't believe in his word and you don't live by his word, someone's lied to you and you believed it. And there's a difference of living your life in faith and knowing God's got you by the righteous right hand. And who can separate you from God's love? Not one person, not one thing, not one. It doesn't matter if it's the devil and all his demons. Nothing can separate from God's love. And I love that. He's got some work to do on me. How about you? Who's willing to say, I need some work by Jesus? Give me, I, I'm a work in progress. I don't have it all together, but I'm a work in progress, and I know I'm not the same I was yesterday. You know why? Because I listen to him by his word. And anybody wants to hear the Holy Spirit, get in your word, and you'll hear him a lot clearer. He'd be more crisp in your life. What's it say here? I love this verse, and I want to make sure we get this, because some people take this out of context. We want to make sure we understand what Ephesians is saying here in 3. We're going to grab this here. We're going to say, wow, I love this promise. Then we're going to find out why the promise is there, okay? So first of all, let's read the promise. What does it say? Now to him, being God, not to him, who is able to do far more abundantly beyond. Now, I don't know about that's one translation. That's a big word, isn't it? Far more abundantly beyond. What is that? How about when, when the new King James Version says exceedingly abundantly above? What does that mean? Anybody can clearly tell me? When you're talking about God's Bible and his word, God speaks it, and he says exceedingly abundantly above? And our little finite minds are like, whoa, God, that sounds awesome, and I don't know what it means. Okay. Does that mean you have everything I need? Is it all-sufficient God? El Shaddai, all-sufficient, all-powerful? What does it mean for me, human, little guy on the planet, trying to get through life, running into snags? What does it mean to me that exceedingly abundantly all can come from you? All that we ask or think according to the power that works. What power working in me? 
By the Holy Spirit, there's a power working inside of me. Oh, come on. It works within me. To him be the glory. which I do, he gets the glory, not me. I'm never elevated. If I'm elevated, I've done something wrong. It's not about me. It's about him in me. And so when I get to do something awesome for God, who gets the credit? Not me. He does. He gets the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Does that mean it's over? Or all generations, every single one, you included, clear back 2,000 years ago to now, forever be. This word's for you. This word is for you. Now, who fully understands that? Anybody ever heard that before? God could exceedingly abundantly above all things you can ask or think. Anybody's heard that one? Isn't that a great promise? Isn't that something like, wow, I love what he's saying, but what does that mean for me today? So let's just go back a few verses. Let's grab hold of this because I believe in this there's going to be some freedom. I know that because the word of God, the truth of God's word brings what into your life? Freedom. Freedom from this thing. So let's find out. What does it mean? What does this mean? Oh, God, teach us. So let's go back a few verses. Now, I know there's quite a bit in these two verses. So let's just do this very simply. What does it say here? First of all, we've got to know what it's for. First, eternal purpose. What is the eternal purpose for you? What is God's purpose for you eternally? Not just for today, not just for here and now. What is his eternal purpose? Why did God create you? Why did he create you? Were you a mistake? Or were you here for a purpose? What do you think? He did not make a mistake. And you were here definitely for a purpose. Eternally. Not just for now. My son and my daughter are offsprings. My purpose here was to make sure they came about. Of course, my wife was involved in that a little bit. She would say a lot. If you were beside her on the bed when she was giving birth, you would say everything was about her. I just tried to do what I could with very much everything I could. Two children I brought into this world. Now, who's responsible for those two children? Who's leading the charge of those two children? If God's going to say, hey, Jim, have you done a wonderful job in your life? Let me look at your kids and see how you're doing. Let me look at your wife and see how you're doing. I have a purpose as a husband and a father to make sure I do what I need to do at home, right? I lead the charge in that. I'm responsible for that. But that's not all my eternal purpose, is it? My eternal purpose is first to find, find Jesus and then share Jesus. And so my purpose is to find him and then share him. Does it make sense? Eternally, something's going to happen in people's lives when I share the good news. I don't have to worry about when I sow the seed, whether the seed's going to do what it's supposed to do. I sow it on soil. And if the soil is good, the soil receives the, ser- the seed, and it's going to produce what? Fruit. Fruit is going to come from that seed. And that's where God has given glory for him and all men, right? He gets the glory for that. So what is my eternal purpose? For others to come with me to heaven. To find him, be back in right relationship, redeemed back into relationship with the Father who created me. And if I could do that, if I'm passionate about that, others are going to follow. Paul says this, follow me as I follow Christ Jesus. So who, are, who, who is passionately pursuing Jesus? And if you're passionately pursuing Jesus, people are coming behind you. 
They're looking at your life, making sure there's, a, there's something going on. There's something that makes you different than this man over here. Something you're doing here is what's driving me. It's pulling me. It's something going on. And before you know it, there's followers. Now, if you're dead at sea, a dead sea, doing nothing, people still see you, and you're making a dead sea for others. But if you're live, living water, people are drinking and following. And before you, you won't even know when you get to heaven. You get to heaven, you'll see. We're all rejoice. One nation, one tongue, praising Jesus. You may never know. There's times where you may have had plowing going on. This person doesn't get nothing. And all of a sudden, seeds went on good soil. You have no idea. Eternal purpose. What is your eternal purpose? We got to know that first. And then it goes on and says this For this reason, I bow. Paul says, for this reason I bow. Where is he when he creates this letter? What, when he writes by the Holy Spirit inspired, he is in jail. He is whipped. He is, and it's not the jails we have today. That's like luxury. That will be like castle to what he was in. And he's writing this out. He's writing this out. And he says, As re- this is reason, my eternal purpose. Even though I'm persecuted, my eternal purpose, I know I trust in God in this. And for this reason, I what? Bow. Be a humble person today. Do not be arrogant in the ways. Do not be prideful in the view of the Bible. For it is not about us. It's about him. And when Paul says, when I'm going to say something as wonderful as what I'm about to say about exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think, before I even get there, I'll be on my knees. And when I get on my knees, I'm in a proper place to know who he is. And when I know where he is, and God, you're all majesty, you're all God almighty. And then from that point, he can receive. So today, if you want to receive from Jesus today, you must bow your heart now. And when you do, he is there. How many people know he comes when you bow? He's never too late. He is always on time. Bow to my knees to the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven, who was already saved and born again up there, and on earth is named. What greater name is there to know than Jesus, right? That he would grant you according to his riches and his glory. This is God speaking. His riches and his glory? How can you even describe those things? I mean, we're not in heaven. We don't see him in heaven. How do I know? Because you can see his riches and his glory right here, right now. You could see his love. Ever seen someone change who's mean and ornery, and all of a sudden God comes in their life, and that man bends his knee, opens his door, and that man is radically saved? He's willing to give back all that he's done wrong. Wow, the work of the Holy Spirit is amazing, isn't it? Wow, man, heavenly on earth and in his name, it said he would Grant you, according to his riches and his glory, to be what? Strengthened in might. Who today wants to be strengthened in might? Who wants to feel the, the mighty power of God that lives in you? Who wants to feel that you are something? You have been made for a purpose. Mighty strength and power. Strengthened by might through his Holy Spirit in the inner man. Woo! Say yes to Jesus and what comes in you, the Holy Spirit. What's that Holy Spirit does? He gives you might and strength to do what, you might ask. What is his goal in you? What is his work in you? Someone says he's doing a good work in me. How do I know that he's doing a good work in you? What must I see in your life to know that something is going on 
in Jesus. If there's nothing going on in the outside and you're not, nothing's coming forth, then what's happened to the inside? The inside is dead. You can clean up the outside, but inside you're dead. If there's something coming out in the love of Jesus, mm, there's the difference, right? Through his Holy Spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Christ will dwell in your hearts when the strength of God comes in to do what he wants with might. There's power so Christ can dwell with you. There's power. Holy Spirit must come into you. There must be a way to bring power within you that Christ will dwell there. There's got to be a work of the Holy Spirit in you. There's got to be power making the old man die and the new man come. There must be a power of transformation in your life that Christ can dwell in your heart. That's good news through faith. How important is faith today? Three things, faith, hope, and love. Keep those in mind, faith, hope, and love. Faith is important, isn't it? And that says that you being rooted and grounded in love, okay, rooted and grounded in love. That means when Christ is in you, doing his work in you, and you're bowing your knee to the Father, and Christ is at work in a power within you, and all of a sudden, what should be done? You must be what? Rooted in love. Rooted, which means strong. Anybody ever seen a tree fall over? Anybody know about pine trees? The roots aren't very deep. Windstorms. Who likes pine trees around their house? And all of a sudden, there's a gust of wind. And you're like, are those pine trees going to stay up? The winds come. Winds come. What's going to stay rooted and grounded in your life? Are you rooted and grounded in love in Jesus? Do you know him? Do you know his love? Do you feel rooted? What does it mean to be rooted and grounded? Which means if I'm a tree, I'm strong. My roots go down deep. I know him so well that I pull up nutrients from the soil because I know where that nutrients come from. I'm grounded because I believe. I don't question. I don't doubt. You know, I believe what the word of God tells me. I believe that I'm saved and born again. I believe there's a work going on in me. And I believe this. Greater is he, the spirit of God in me, than he is in the world. I believe this. I'm grounded. I am not movable. Who can move me? You see, see when you're rooted and grounded, nobody can move. There's no doubts coming up. If anybody wants to argue a, a, a fact with me about the Bible and they say, well, you, you know, there's a lot of philosophers, a lot of professors who like to argue points. But you won't move me from what I know to be true. That's being rooted in ground. My mind doesn't go off as, well, well, you know what? Maybe, maybe he's got a point. There's no point here. It's all to do with truth of God's word. I am grounded on that, and nobody's moving me. Try. You see, there's rooted. I'm rooted. And I'm grounded, what, on a foundation built by who? Christ Jesus alone. You know why I know that? Because I've given everything else up. I could stand upon foundation when I surrender everything. And that's why I know. Who can move me? Who can move you? Those who cannot be moved, here's what I want you to do. If you believe today that you cannot be moved in Christ Jesus because you're standing on solid ground, and when Jesus says, this is what I established in my word, you see, I'm believing on that. I want to believe, I want to see something happen here today. I want to see roots, and I want to see ground. I don't want to see those who, who come and they go. They, they're hot and then they're cold, and, and they just don't know, and the, the, the devil's beating me up. I don't want anybody 
to, to, to listen to a lie today. I want to see those who are rooted in ground. And I, here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand. Now, I'm not going to put anybody, if you're not sure where you are in Jesus, I'm not here to point you out and say, you shame on. You've got to begin your walk. You can't wait for someone else to do it for you. And some of you have had some good examples of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And I'm not here to say, well, you're, you're stumbling, and I'm not here to point you out. But I'm here to say this. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. I want to know those who are rooted and grounded. I want to see you stand today. And don't stand unless you do. And I'm not here to point you out. I just want to see something happen here today. I want people to know what, as far as me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As far as what I stand upon, I stand upon God's word and nothing more. There's nothing else that's going to move me. Now, I'm not going to listen to someone's lies and start to believe something that isn't true. If someone's going to come to me and give me a word, fine, bring me a word. If it's not grounded in Christ Jesus, don't even come to me. Because I'm not here to debate God's word. I'm not here to debate theology. I'm here to say I have graduated, and here I'm going to receive what he says is mine. And that's the same with you here today, too. No one can lie to you when you're grounded and you're rooted. And if you have questions of what it means, ask your questions, but seek good counsel Go before God. Go before his word. And if his word tells you so by the Holy Spirit, then do so. You're not here to be moved. Are you ready for that? You're not here to be moved. Now you understand why, why Paul bowed before God. Now you know. You must be first rooted and grounded in love. It all goes together. Thank you. You must be seated. Go ahead and seat yourself. Thank you. I love to see that. That, to me, builds faith. I look around and I see people saying, I'm, unmov I'm unmovable here. I believe what I know to be true. And that is important. And when you have an issue and you're not sure, seek one of these people out. Seek them out and say, well, man, I'm just not, I, I know, I know, I, I know. Seek them out and get counsel and get encouraged in Jesus Christ. Walk with him. Where am I at here? Ah. Rooted and grounded in love, right there it is. May be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, the height to know Christ's love, the love of Jesus. Who wants to know his love and who can describe it? That's why it's, it is, un, you cannot fathom it. God is the only way he can reveal it to you. You cannot fabricate it. You can't say, I know the love of Christ. People say, well, I know Jesus. Well, then you know his love. What's his love feel like? What is it to you? And there's active. His love is active. It is not just to know, oh, I know he loves me. He is active right now and right in this place in your life. He is active. He's done the work on the cross 2,000 years ago, but when he did that work, it is active today, and you can feel his love move right through you. You just need to humble yourself and bow, like Paul said. Bow before his majesty. Let him move through you. Being rooted and grounded in love, be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the depth, the length, the height to know Christ's love, the love of Jesus, the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge. <laughs> How many people know a lot right here? 
How many people think they, that you have been trained? Some people in here have got PhDs, I'm sure. People have got master's degrees. You have been trained in the field. You are good at it. You know all about it. And when you talk to me about it, I'm probably lost. I can't keep with all the different symbols and acronyms and all the things that come up through it. I have no idea because you are trained in that. How many people are trained today in your career? And all that's good knowledge, isn't it? It makes you successful what you put your hands to. You are successful in what you do, right? You're trained. This knowledge, this love, what surpasses all your knowledge. You will never fully comprehend it. But you have a cut. It's almost like chasing something. I want to know more about this. And I'm reaching for it. I want to know more about his love. I want to know more about this because I desperately need to know. And as you're doing, you're discovering more and more about this. And all of a sudden, you're like, but there's, I know there's more. I know there's more to this. And then, and then once you reach and you grab, you, you learn more. And, and what happens in learning this? It's placed in the heart. And through the heart, the mouth will speak. Through your heart, you do things because that's what you're motivated with. Your desires will change. And you delight in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. Before you know it, things are happening based in what? Grounded and rooted in his love because you're starting to understand it more and more and more. And you'll never get to a place where you fully understand it because that's where the hunger begins. And it never is quenched. It's just enough that you want more. Do you know what I'm saying? How do you fully comprehend that? How do you say I've got this thing? You can't say it. You don't fully got it. You have just enough to want more. You're never satisfied. You just need more. His love is just like that. You're getting it, and yet you know there's more. I've got to understand. And how many times do you know when you know? Mm, this is when you know the Jesus. I know him. This is when you're in suffering. This is where you don't understand the things on the outside. Lord, I don't understand this right now. My life is... I don't understand why I'm facing this sickness, disease. I can't understand, Father, when I've done this. There's losses in my family. There's, and in that moment is when you can discover his love even greater than you've ever known it before. Because that's when he says, oh, hold on here. Come on close to me. Bow on that knee knowing that I'm the God, a creator of all things. I'm the God who loves you beyond what you even imagine. See, that's when his love comes in such a way. Oh. To know him, to know his love, to be sustained when you thought there was no way that he steps in when you're just about ready to give up. You say, how are we going to be able to do this? But I can do all things. You see, there's an understanding, just enough to know that you're still a mess up. But when you fess up before the king, he picks you up and strengthens you and leads you. There is more to his love. What did he truly do on that cross? What did he fully accomplish? Mm. That's the kind of love I know. But I want to know more. I want to truly know it. That's what makes Paul be able to say the things he says. Now you get what he's starting to get to. See, we're going to go back to the original verse. And you're going to see it expand and go further. And go further. That's what we need. That you, being rooted in the ground of love, will be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now, people say this, to be a Christian is to be Christ-like. 
okay, to do the things that Jesus did, but you cannot do those without the fullness of God working through that. You've got to have his fullness. Now, remember, fullness is it's, it's ever growing. It's like, it's like a pitcher like this, and when you've got Jesus being full of water, and it never stops. He's got everything in you, and you're just a vessel. You know, he makes you a vessel, right? He's a, you are going to vessel of honor. That's all you are is a vessel. All you can do is contain it. That You can't do much more. You don't fully understand how it comes, but when you go before God in humility, going before the king, king of righteousness, and he starts to fill you. Now, you can stop there if you want. You've arrived. You can feel him. You can taste him that he's good. But go further. Go further. Don't stop there. Don't stop there because he's fullness of Christ. Remember? What's it say? To be filled with the what? The fullness. Filled. Filled. It doesn't stop. Do not stop and think you have it. For every time you come back, what's he going to do? Every single time you come back, he's faithful, isn't he? He's faithful to fill you. And even if you ran dry, how many people have run dry before? How many people have given and given and given? You feel like, oh, I don't have anything left. And all of a sudden you feel your cup has started to, well, there might be a hole in it. I don't understand. I can't keep the fluid. What if you go back? What's he going to do? What's he going to do every single time? Because he loves you more than you can understand. The kind of love that sends his son to the cross. The same thing is going to happen in your life. He's going to come back and he's going to fill it up. He's going to fill it to you. You don't know even if, oh, what's it feel to be full? <laughs> you see, every, you will never fully reach it in your pursuit. But what's he going to do every single time that you need him? Isn't he not faithful? Isn't he not faithful to continue to fill you? You don't know if you're going to have enough room. I don't know about you. Oh, I want to break loose. Fill me to the point that I would break loose. Fill me with your living water, God. For you're the only one that gives it to me. I can't find it anywhere else. I can't fabricate it. I can't make it happen. With all the things I put my hands to, I can never find it until you give it. What must I do to go for him? I must go before him to be filled. And when I do, every single time he fills me. How many people believe that's true? He will never let you down. He'll never leave or forsake you. He loves you so much. So the fullness of God, the fullness of God is my goal, to be filled like him, not just to be called a Christian because I say I go to church, but to be filled with him that I would overflow. Wow, I want to hang out with people like that. I want to hang out with people that are filled all the time. Now, you know who I mean. Is there somebody in your life right now that's a representation of that? Do you know somebody right now that's always being filled, and every time you see them, they're just bubbling over. They just give you love all the time. You just want to sit in their lap. Just best. Come on, I just want to stay here. Because whatever comes from them is coming from God's love. It's just coming. You're just filling up. You know what I'm saying? Isn't that good stuff? I want to hang out with them because I just feel it coming over. It's like, oh, and it keeps speaking it forward, speaking it. Where does it come from? It comes from Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. Mm. The fullness of God. Okay, now can we go back to the original scripture? I want you to grab hold of what you just learned. What did you just get from God's word in this right here? This in 14 to 19. 14 to 19. Read it now, Ephesians 3. If you need to get further deep into it, go. But what, filled with what? The fullness of God. And tell me, who is God? God is 
So what is the fullness of God? Fullness of God is the fullness of his love. So how do I know God is in you? I can see love. If there's no love coming from you, where's God? If you're being filled with God, if you're doing all these things it's telling you to, you're coming before, you're grounded and rooted. Rooted in what if there's no love? It's rooted and grounded in love. And if I'm getting the fullness of God and God is love, guess what's going on in my life? I'm getting filled with his love. And what's going to come out of me from my mouth and what I do is him, fullness of him. Who wants half filled? Who wants a quarter filled? Who wants three quarters filled? Because what's that other quarter going to do to your actions and the way you do things? You want all the way filled up. So everything comes from you is from God. His love is what the fullness is. And how do I know it? I see it. I just don't hear it. You can tell me you love me. Show me you love me. That's the church. That's why you should walk in this place and feel his fullness. How do we know his fullness is here? How do I know? Because we love one another. Truly love one another. That's what it's about. That's what its word says. Now, can we go back to the original? Let's go back to the original. But in summary, let me just quickly summary. This makes sense. Let me summarize. I like to summarize something when I learn something. His spirit will strengthen us with might so that Christ may dwell in our hearts. His spirit, if you let his spirit move in you, he will strengthen you so that the Christ can dwell in our hearts through faith. So that being rooted and grounded in love, what's it say? May comprehend. So you may comprehend the love of Christ so that you will be filled with the fullness of God being his love. It's just one big, awesome circle. Man, how many times do you want to go before God then? <laughs> you, who wants to be filled up today? You see what I'm saying? And so let's go. Let's go back to original. Here we go. Eternal purpose. Remember eternal purpose. What does he have for you? Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond. Now what are we talking about? To do what? So that you will perform your life through his love. Love is his goal for you. Love is his goal for me. He wants me to do everything in his love. Everything got to be out of his love, not with anything else, you see? So we were saying he, through him, now, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all we ask and limit, we don't want to limit him and think. We want it. What does this mean? This is all about love. Now put it in right context. It's about being rooted and grounded in love. It's about fullness of him, being God, in love. And so if I know this to be true, this is what I know now. He's able to. Far more than I can imagine or think. What's the context of love? It means how am I going to love my wife? How am I going to love my neighbor? How am I going to love my enemy? How am I going to do this? This is, the, this is the scripture to use. How can I love somebody that I just cannot stand? How can I love someone who makes me do an extra mile when I go with one mile? How, many, how can I turn my other cheek to this? You see what I'm saying? Now scriptures come to you and say, well, how do you love your enemy? How do you pray for your enemy? How do you pray for your wife? How do you pray for your kids? How do you love your neighbor? How do you love the people at work? How do you do any of this? This is the scripture you need. I can do far more abundantly beyond all that I can think or ask. The power, according to the power that works within us, what is the power of the Spirit doing in you? Its goal is to do one thing, that you would represent 
God's love. That you would love as he would love. That you love your neighbor as yourself. You see, it's all to do with love. And it says here, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. That is the proper context of that scripture. Now, how many people here can love now? You see what I'm saying? Are you capable of loving? Are you capable of loving an enemy? Absolutely. Far more than I ever could think or even imagine. You can do it through Christ Jesus. That's his promise. And I'll tell you what, that's a good promise. I'm capable of loving even till death, even persecution, even on a cross. Jesus can still love because he's the fullness of God. That's the difference. Praise you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you we can take a promise as powerful as this that Paul would speak from jail and fully understand why he would bow before the majesty. You, oh God, and say these things because he has experienced it. He is rooted and grounded in your love. And he, Lord, through the power of the Spirit of God that works within him, Lord, he gets, it's possible to love any person at any time and, Lord, to establish your kingdom through it. Father, you're an amazing God, and we thank you so much for your goodness. In Jesus' name. If you take